0: Welcome to the sales career podcast. This is your host, Kevin Hopp. Whether you're an executive, sales leader, or just getting your career in sales started, I'm here to help you read between the lines and hear the real stories that you can't get from a resume or from a LinkedIn profile, all designed to help you shape your own sales career. Let's dive right into today's episode and see what we can learn. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Sales Career Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Hopp. My guest this week is a three-time head of sales. She is a TikTok sensation. She has an amazing TikTok page. We're going to hear about how she got started with that because one of the early adopters on TikTok, I do believe, and she, she kills it there. And she runs her own business called the Sales Team Builder. Uh, let's introduce the great and powerful Leslie Van I feel
1: like that's like a Wizard of Oz introduction.
0: Ah. Boom. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's, it's important that, that people get context that like you're badass, right? And and, and it's, it's it grips people right in the beginning. I think that's what I want. I want people to say, lean forward and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're telling me that Leslie is like all over TikTok, but she does B2B sales consulting and she knows all about B2B sales. Like, I thought TikTok was for 14 year olds, right?
1: Like- I mean, I do, I do get that a lot. I was actually on a call, a, like a, a call earlier today that I thought was a prospect call. It was not, uh, <laughs> and, the, and the guy was like, "Wait, so your your uh, funnel for your for sales team builder is 100 inbound?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, I have like a pretty big online presence." And he was like, "Oh, so have you like done a lot of stuff?" I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I have." 15 years as a like elite c-suite enterprise seller and people leader that feels impressive <laughs>
0: thank
1: you me up before scheduling this call
0: wow where, where do you did he like go through your website to schedule the call yeah wow interesting well this is like a case study for outbound versus inbound the, the way I, the, the, the way i tell that story is i always say like inbound you get what you get outbound you get what you want Right. But app on is harder. We all know that. But like uh, getting what you get, like you never know what's going to come through. You get caught in the net and then people people schedule with you. So,
1: yeah, it was like the definition of an MQL that like, forgive me, SDR is that an SDR would pass off to be like, trust me, like this guy's a founder and he, he's like really interested uh, and then I get on the phone and he's like, so I was just wondering if um, I could sell you an affiliate partnership. And I was like, oh my God, I need, I need to go now. I need to leave.
0: <laughs> bummer, bummer. Well, let's get started. Uh, Leslie, can you introduce yourself a little bit and tell the audience your two minute career story as if they've never heard of you?
1: Sure, two-minute career story. So full-time founder, which is really exciting. That's something new. Um, sales team builder, as you might gather from the name, is about building sales teams for early stage companies. Um, so I'm having a blast with that. Prior to that, I've sold a little bit of everything. I've done SaaS, obviously, consulting, business intelligence, agency work even for a, a little bit. Um, but the majority of my sales career has been very focused on uh, enterprise selling and penetrating the, the C-suite. So I uh, really have closed the majority of any like Fortune 250 logos that, that you could think of. Um, so it's pretty, wow. pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, TikTok sensation. <laughs> there
0: you go. How many followers <laughs> so, do you have there?
1: How, how many? Uh, like maybe 30,000 right now.
0: Hey. Look, that's uh, I've I've got uh, 180 and I thought I was doing pretty well,
1: all right? <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, started TikTok's, TikTok. Uh, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting beast. I'm toying with the idea of um, starting I'm about ready to go to South America for 6 weeks and I generally like just travel a lot and and work outside of my home base of Chicago. So I'm toying with the idea of starting a second account more focused on like digital nomading and to see if I can do it a second time, grow an account to 30K a second time. So I don't know. I don't know, Kevin. We'll see.
0: Well, look, I, it, the year is 2022. There are all sorts of unique ways to to get business. And I've had a come to Jesus moment here in the last two, three weeks. My, I've been blocked off LinkedIn
1: three What'd times
0: you do? the last three weeks. So... <laughs> Uh, it's a very short story. LinkedIn. I, I go to log into LinkedIn, which you know, as a sales pro, I do freaking seventeen times a day. And I open it up, and it goes bloop, like white screen, and a message pops up and says, "We detected that you're using a bot to view an unusually high number of pages. Please stop using the bot. Uh, turn it off. Here's our terms of service. You're violating it." Blah, blah blah blah. And I and I'm like, the first time it happened, it was an eight hour ban. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, whatever, like not a big. Like
1: frustrating, but not the end of the world.
0: Yeah. So the next day, I pick up my phone. and I'm like, I'm oh, doing it. And then a day later, or it's like five days later, boom, here it comes again. And then now, now I'm like, okay, all right, wait, hold on, <laughs> I'm not using a bot, <laughs> guys, come on, this is a joke, right? Like I'm not using a bot. I'm really not. And so then I, I go to make a support ticket. To make a support ticket, you have to be logged into your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. So you can't even make a sports ticket. So, so I figure out a way to make a sports ticket by DMing their Twitter account, and they finally like get the thing. And the guy, I guess, a sport agent says, "Yeah, uh, so sorry about this inconvenience. Like, uh, we see that you're using a bot. Just stop using the bot." And I said, "All right, I'm not I'm using not a bot. Using the
1: bot. <laughs> I'm not using a
0: bot." And then so then he so so then five more days goes by, and this is 48 hours ago. I got blocked off again.
1: Oh, my word, Kevin.
0: And, and, and it says, now this time it says, if you don't stop using this bot, we're going to permanently ban your LinkedIn profile. So now I, I raised hell this weekend. I was all over Twitter. I was DMing Great. them every day. I was going back and forth with two different support agents. And like many, many, many. And, I, and I'm asking questions that are very obvious. Like, okay, if I'm viewing too many pages, how many pages is that? Because I probably view 50 pages in a day. Is that too many? Tell me. I'll right. stop doing that. Like,
1: they want you to be an active user, but then they punish you for being an active user.
0: That's right. So the guy said that I was using the Lucia Chrome extension to get leads and cell phone numbers, and that's against their terms of service. So unsubscribe Lucia, and, I, you know, sorry for the negative press, Lucia. I love Lucia. I've used it many times, oh. but apparently it's against their terms of service, and if you have that Chrome extension, they can block your profile at any time. But... There there are so many platforms that are against the terms of service for LinkedIn and right, everybody games quite, it.
1: Like Microsoft doesn't own Lucia, but they probably have like a competitor they're developing, so they're like, Oh sorry, Lucia. <laughs> I yeah. used it for a long time and never had any issues, but that's good to know.
0: Yeah, so I mean, long story short here, I am I, I have had this come to Jesus about like, holy cow, the only place that I have a real audience is LinkedIn. That's it. I don't have an email list yet. I've never, like, I struggle with it because I hate email. Like, when mm-hmm. I get on an email list, I unsubscribe 99% of the time. Like, I hate it. I loathe it. So, like, why would I, why would I have an email list? Well, it turns out it's a really good thing if, you're, if you run a business to have an email list, have a subscriber list. And then I think about, like, TikTok and Instagram, these other places. Like, can I find the B2B buyer there? And I look to you and I'm like, well, Leslie's killing it on TikTok. Like, I just need to get better at TikTok. Like, maybe that's just, like, the answer. Maybe. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I view, like, like if, if I was putting on the lens of cold outreach, I feel like LinkedIn is my decision-maker campaign and TikTok is my influencer campaign. Like, they're both super, super important. But generally, my business from LinkedIn comes because a bunch of the SDRs or AEs, whatever, follow my profile, and then they go to their people leader, to be like, yo, like we really need to to get this lady in here and and have her do this training. And then the leader looks me up on LinkedIn and sees, uh, oh, you know, we have 120 shared connections. Look at like she has a CV that is impressive and and she has the credibility. So I f- I feel like for me they really play in compliment. But I, here I I want to get your take on something because you were talking about an email subscriber list, which I've been yeah. doing for a while. Talk about slow growth. That's, that's a tough one. Um, but now one of the creator mode features for LinkedIn is the newsletter feature. The newsletter. It's like, yeah, I posed the question to, you know, to my community a couple of weeks ago, like what and why, like why as a creator, would you take that much time to create more content when you don't own the list? Like you you are not creating something that you then own and can take off the platform. We're just creating more content for free for LinkedIn. And then the opposite side is like audience, community, people consuming this content. Do you want another newsletter? No way. Yeah. The like the verdict overall was that people that had newsletters were like, I think it's great. I got 2000 subscribers on my newsletter. Um, And everybody else was like, no, honestly, I just mute them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to do that. Like I struggle making content in general. Like I'm a salesperson. (laughs) I teach people how to cold call. Like I am this raw of a salesperson as you could get, like put me on the phone with a prospect and let me, let me figure out how to get a meeting. But like creating content is like, this is me creating content. Like I I love this. Like this is conversation. This is like, this gets me really excited. I'm like 0% nervous and I'm really excited every time I do a podcast. So that's the content I want to do. I don't want to like put uh, oh, time and effort into – sorry if you lost my audio there for a second. No, no, Remember, no, I, I didn't. You. Okay, cool. My, my headphones had a thing. Okay, well, let's, let's get back into uh, your okay, career. Okay. This, is the, this, is a, this is about Leslie today, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> second, second question I have for you. So of all the things you've done, you've done a lot of things in your career to this date. What's been the most difficult sales job you've had and, and what made it the most difficult? <clears throat>
1: Um, ooh, that is a tough question because sales is a difficult job, right? Um, I feel like my knee-jerk reaction is my my first sales job, just because it was like 150 200 cold calls a day. Like we did not have computers at our desk, so it was literally like a printed stack of leads and just like pounding the phone. When I was like very young in that role, like straight out of uni, we would fax proposals to people, but it was Whoa. I I know, like it was. It was harder in retrospect than it was at the time. Not that it wasn't hard, but like now that I realize what being enabled by a tech stack means and like what social selling can do for you. I'm like, I genuinely can't believe I was so successful in that role. But I think probably my hardest sales job is when I was employee number one at the startup because I was working for a company with absolutely no brand recognition creating a product from scratch right so selling something that had like no testimonials no like proof in the pudding and selling into what was like a very saturated market the hospitality design space um and that was like i've never had to dig so deep or like grind it out so much to to find those first clients that were willing to take a bet on on me and this business and something new so that that was that was tough in a much um I think much more like emotional way because it wasn't just about the work there was some like other layers beneath it
0: oh yeah oh yeah it's interesting that you mentioned that and I'm glad that you're you know you and I really are birds of a feather. Like our, our businesses are very similar. Like you, you build in sales teams. I say I build SDR teams. Like it's very similar. And and you had this like this experience being really early stage of a startup. That's my experience too. And I find it interesting to talk to people who have never been the first hire at a startup. They haven't been a top ten hire at a startup. Mm-hmm. And then they they have this vision of like go to market and of sales where they're like. Yeah. I mean, it's not that hard. The MQLs are right there in Salesforce. You just need to run the nurture campaign to them. And then you get inbound, then you get them setting meetings with you. That sales is not hard, guys. And I'm like, dude, It says like an
1: inbound SDR at a product-led growth SaaS company.
0: Yeah. That raised 30 million bucks. And they're like, look, I don't know. I don't know what everyone's talking about, like how hard (laughs) sales is. Sales is not that hard. You just need to go do the, you need to get through the MQL list and find the good ones. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah.
1: Like, Appreciate go ahead and, that. Right. Dip your toes into like Enterprise Outbound for a month and Ooh. then come on back and let's just compare experiences and you can tell me what you've learned.
0: That's right. That's right. And, and that that really raw experience of... You know, like I, I have sold many, many times on the very front line where it's like, I don't have a case study to send you. Mm-hmm. I do not have four logos that will impress you that we show during our demo. I don't even have a demo deck. Like this is going to be a sales call with the founder to talk about business problems and like get get through that. And I've been very successful at doing that. So I, I you know, school of hard knocks is where we come from. All right. Like Leslie and I don't need all your fluffy... Uh, fluffy marketing stuff to succeed. I, I love that. So, so next question for you: what's a, what's a story from your career that someone just wouldn't be able to know or understand without like hearing it from you? That they wouldn't find on your LinkedIn, wouldn't find on your resume.
1: Uh, something that people wouldn't know from looking at my resume. Um, I feel like this is supposed to be like a gut wrenching story, but the first thing that came into my mind is that, uh, so like when I was, was in my twenties, I was working at a business intelligence company that did corporate events. So we were that liaison that was bringing these like C-suite executives and, uh, and, and sponsors together, which now, like it used to just be like, you do event sales and now it's community as a service. (laughs) But something that I don't think people would know from my resume is that as a result of that job and going to, to those events, um, Because I was able to still own our chief financial officer uh, product, like even during the the Great Recession, um, and they had the most money for keynote speakers, I got to meet um, uh, Clinton. I got to meet Bush 41. I got to meet Bush 43. Um, I got to meet Condoleezza Rice. Um, I got to meet who... I don't know where, where people lie... Politically, I think it's very clear from my LinkedIn that I uh, am, am pretty far left. But I got to meet like Rudy Giuliani and Carl Rove, so maybe you're not like, "Whoa, those are really cool people." But like, there was this whole level of like, pers- like the players, the, like, as, like oh, yeah. for something like Carl Rove, like the people that were calling the shots that were affecting how everything in the world around us operates, um, and was getting to like say hello and have pictures taken with them and and have dinner with them and and met some other people that might not be as recognizable. Um, But yeah, it was, yeah, I don't think that's something that people would know from looking at my resume, but as like a 20-something, like, you know, pretty like fresh green professional, I got to just like hobnob with presidents.
0: That's amazing. That is really cool. Talk about like sick, sick bennies, right? Like, not everybody gets the the same opportunities in the first few years of their job. And and I remember being being jealous of You know who I was most jealous of like in my 20s? My buddies that my buddies that had like degrees in a econ that got jobs in consulting.
1: Yeah, they all went and to like BCG and McKinsey.
0: And they're making like um, $180,000 a year at 25 um, years old um, and they're like staying in nice hotels and they have unlimited credit card points and every time that they have a week off they're going to Punta Cana and stuff like that. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what do you even do? Like, oh man, the hours are so long. I'm at my office drinking the free coffee and then I go to like fancy lunches and come back and I'm wearing my suit. I'm like, man, like you don't like, and I was like making pennies at a startup, working as a contractor, you know? And and, like just trying to figure it all out. So that's, that's a really cool benefit of a job.
1: It was pretty, um, it was pretty cool. And like, like, like I dropped a bunch of names that most people would know. But honestly, like some of the cooler people that I met or or got to listen to present were like, you know, like, like congressmen and senators that were the chairs of committees and they could talk about the inner workings of it. Um Or like one of the guys was the like press secretary for Obama and just like getting to hear how their brains work. It was it was a very, very cool thing, I think like mind expanding thing to get to be exposed to in my twenties. It also ruined me because all of the uh events were at like Ritz-Carlton's and Waldorf's. So like <laughs> you got
0: used to staying at a Ritz carlton I
1: did, and now as like a fully grown adult that makes a healthy living, I'm like, oh I would just never, I will never pay like five hundred dollars a night to stay. Right. To stay at a hotel.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, isn't it isn't it nice every now and then? Like my wife and I's guilty pleasure is that's what we do. Like once or twice a year, we go for two nights at a four or five star hotel and just give room service really nice. and don't leave the room. Really, just like wear the wear the fancy robe and the big beds, and it's like we just we just did it last weekend. The U.S. Grant downtown San Diego. It's like a four star hotel. It was it was phenomenal. And we use uh, I'm a I'm a credit card geek. Chase Sapphire. Mm-hmm. There's a luxury connect program through that. So we got two hundred dollars in free room service credit just for using that credit card. And I was like, oh, Done.
1: Yeah, Amazing. I mean I'm a sucker for room service, so you're really speaking my language there.
0: I'm telling you, you and your husband that like put it on the calendar every six months, just like two nights or maybe even one night at a really fancy hotel, live it up like you're a baller and then go back to your normal life. We would <laughs> like just
1: buy plane tickets somewhere inexpensive and then buy like a $50 hotel room that if we bought it in the States it would be like $500 ah, We're, going to, we're go. going to South America next week for, for six weeks um, and like we have this just baller uh, Airbnb in La Paz like like gorgeous high rise everything's brand new beautiful uh, balcony insane it's like $180 bucks for 11 nights or so <laughs>
0: that wow. That there it's you go. Dope. Hey, that's that's one way to make your money work for you. That that is yeah. way different.
1: Yeah. I mean, wow. to each their own though, right? It's whatever it's whatever brings you that like that joy and gives you that opportunity to recharge.
0: That's right. That's right. So, uh next question for you. I usually ask people how they got their most recent job or promotion, but you know, you run your own business here. Like t- talk to me a little bit about like founding that business and like getting it going.
1: <laughs> How did I get my most recent job? Well, I quit my corporate America job. Um, but in all seriousness, I started Sales Team Builder in, in 2018. I actually started it uh, with inspiration from having been employee number one at a startup. Because I was like, if I can do this for somebody else and like literally create a product from nothing, from the seed of an idea, I can certainly do it if I'm the product um, but it was it was always Kevin more of like a like a passion project or a purpose project. Like I, I didn't start Sales Team Builder with the intention of making it my full time gig. And then a bunch of stuff fell into place. A huge part of it was the appetite for virtual engagements that exists as a result of the pandemic. And it took my TAM from like gigs I could do in Chicago or like places I could fly, but I'm not trying to like take work off of my like extremely lucrative enterprise sales gig to yeah. to like go use that. So my TAM exploded as the result of, of that, which was a blessing. Um, and then I have serious... For those at
0: home, TAM Sorry. means total addressable market.
1: There we go. Yes. Sorry. Do not mean to gatekeep lingo. Um... Uh, but then I also, uh, a little over a year ago, was interviewing. I knew I wanted to leave my current company. I'd already been there for like almost five, no, nah, like three years. But it was, it was time. I'd done what I needed to do. So I was interviewing for like VP how of sales roles at Series A, Series B companies. And I learned a couple of things. One, it was almost like doing a few months of just like focus group work with my, my ideal customer profile with my ICP. So that right. was very, very helpful and very like clarifying in seeing how big of a need there was for the type of support a fractional leader could give to that group. But I also had just some like really terrible experiences. Um, like the ones that you would guess where it was like kind of gross, like gender discrimination, sexist stuff, but also... The, the kind of thread through a lot of them was that the founders like really had no respect for sales as a profession. Wow. And that just irked me. Like they didn't yeah. really look at the profession. They looked at it as a job. Um, there was kind of a sense that like because they'd maybe gotten those first four, or five, six clients on when they could do like any pricing model, make any pivot to the product roadmap that they were a sales expert. It was, it was shocking to me. Um, and I, I knew that like sales as a respective profession was like most important to me. So I thought, well, why not just do your own thing so you can be really choosy about who you support and, and work with people who like respect your profession and, and want to build inclusive sales teams. And like, you know, pretty much just want to not be jerks. I love so that. So here I am. I, yeah,
0: that's, and that's, uh, you know, not not dissimilar to why I do what I do, because I I got sick of working at companies that would say, build pipeline, but we're not going to buy any tech or, like, you got to do it the old-fashioned way. And I'm like, yo, like, I am so sick of doing this the old-fashioned way. Anyone who's punched 10 numbers on a phone or, you know, had to copy and paste out of things out of Salesforce to a, some sort mm-hmm. of silly email program, so I got obsessed with that idea of like, okay, I'm only going to work with companies that are focused on doing this the right way. So similar flavor, but I, I, I applaud you. You know, I'm, I'm one of the few that really gets what you're going through. I'm a full-time consultant as well. So uh, I know it's, it's not easy. It's a cool gig. Did yeah. you think
1: it was going to be harder to make the transition than it was?
0: For sure. <laughs> For yeah. sure. Well, well, there's a lot. I think the biggest barrier, and I, I talk to people all the time that say, Kevin, can you teach me how to do that? Like, I, I want to leave my, my, my 9 to 5, too. And I'm like, it takes, uh, it takes some cajones, because you got to step out on your own. And you got to put your foot down and be like, look, I am not working a 9 to 5. I'm not looking for mm-hmm. a job. I am my own thing. And that, I think, is probably 60% of the barrier, but mental wall to get over of, like, this is what I'm doing. I, I talked to a guy yesterday who has, like, Leslie, you would – Freak out if you saw all the content this guy has built out around building a training business, a sales training business that's, like, legit. And he's, like, working a full-time job. And I'm like, dude, like, I, if you give me this content, I could sell the crap out of it. But he's like, oh, I'm going to sell it like, kind of part-time. I'm like, dude, you, if you jump tomorrow, you'd have an awesome,
1: like maybe even
0: seven-figure business within, like, a year. Because he got so much content. But people, people have that, you know hesitation. And I get it. Look, it's not, it's not like, it's not all roses. (laughs) No, (laughs) no.
1: I mean, it took me like a year and a half from when I first toyed with the idea of making sales team builder, my full-time gig to when I like put in my notice to leave corporate America. Like it, it was a long road. And then a year and a half before that, of building the, you know, it was like four years of building the business on the side, a year and a half of mentally adjusting to it. And Tell tell me if you get this question too, but like one of the most, or, or statement maybe, one of the most common things people say when they, they find out I work for myself full time, they're like, wow, you must just have so much willpower to stay on task. And I'm like, oh my God, my issue is the opposite. Like I don't struggle to to do more. I struggle to to adjust my mindset to do less or to like be more intentional with my time because for 15 years, I was like you got to put in your 40 hours. Like you you work, even though all your stuff's done, like look busy. And it's like been the toughest thing for me to break those bad habits of like working just to look busy.
0: Interesting. Interesting. I've never been accused of working to look busy. Like that's (laughs) I've, I've, you know, my, my love for automation is very clear. Like I I don't, I don't, I don't work with clients that don't invest in technology. Like it's Mm. part of my whole thing. So it's like if I can't do way more and way less time, I'm not doing it. So I'm like kind of the opposite in that way. But one of the things that I, I like – the conversation I have with myself is, well, you know, if the economy gets really bad and, and things are hard to find business, like go get a job. And then maybe if you have a salary with someone else, maybe you work harder. And I'm like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. If I had the, the comfort yeah. of, a, of a nice salary, then I would not – I know for a fact I never worked as hard as I do now. Because now it's like, get up and get it. And you are, I'm, I'm eating what I kill. I'm eating what I hunt. And I, I'm here making my own way every day. And that actually motivates me way more than my jobs ever did. Mm. So. I
1: like wow. that. Well, good, good, I think the topic. recession could be, uh, could be beneficial for, for folks like us, for, for sales consultants, for fractional leaders, because we are a heck of a lot cheaper than full-time in-house talent so we'll see what the the coming months hold but i i feel good i think i think we're on to something
0: i hope i hope all right let's, let's put <laughs> positive positive karma into the into the world yes
1: claiming I, that energy kevin
0: yeah i had a uh i mean quick quick story on that i had a set uh, a discovery call with the vp of sales She's like hey heard one of your podcasts saw this i'm like oh cool perfect nice all right you're building a sales team love this awesome he uh, calls me yesterday. Hey, I just got let go along with everybody in the sales team. Oh. The company flushed the entire sales team. It was, it was like six people, but still, I'm like, oh.
1: Six people's jobs and livelihoods just.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah. Like not, not a fan of this, uh, oh, the price of gas went up, so we're going to fire our sales team. Like Silly. Um, next question for you. Moving right along. Uh, have you ever been fired or laid off? What What's the, do you have a story there? And like, what can people take away I, from that? Like, what did you yeah. learn?
1: Um, I, I haven't been in like my corporate uh, life, like blessings upon blessings. I think part of that is that I came to SaaS later in my career. So earlier in my career where I would have worked for those smaller, riskier companies, I was with a huge like, 3,000 person global company offices in in 30 countries and I was like a top top performer so i was I was in a very safe job maybe felt too safe felt very scared to leave because it was also during the great Recession which like all you saw in your newsfeed or was like layoff 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 um so i you know I think because I joined the workforce during that time where like Jobs were kind of scarce, and a lot of people were on unemployment. A lot of people were getting laid off. I've played it safer than I, I might have otherwise. Um, but I did get fired for a job from a job in college, and it was devastating. Uh, it was a bank, and I'd worked at the bank for five years. Like, it was a high school job. And then wow. I got a, a job at their branch uh, in the town where I went to college. Uh, it was a community bank. So it was like where all of my relatives Ooh. banked. Like my my mom worked for an advertising company at the time and she had their ad contract. My dad worked for a construction company at the time and cool. he had won a bunch of bids to like build like, like there was just so many community connections. And after five years of working there, I got fired. Uh, because $1,000 went missing from my drawer.
0: Yep. That's uh, how you get fired from a bank, right? It yeah. And I'm like... Paperwork.
1: Ab- like about 99% sure I know who stole it.
0: Wow. But
1: there were no cameras in the back. And ultimately, like, I didn't lock it when I left to go to the bathroom.
0: Wow. And uh, a- another employee sad. took took the money.
1: Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, it was devastating. Oh like the person that fired me was like, like one of the loan officers was like crying when they were fired. They were like, I'm so sorry. I just, we don't like, we have to fall, which they do, it's a bank. Like a thousand dollars can't go missing and they write it off as like, oh, it was a little mistake. Like that's that's a big deal. Um, so that that was devastating. Um, and it I sent me it. on a bit, a bit of like a financial tail spin that had some other repercussions it was it was not good so maybe that's also probably why i'm like somewhat risk adverse. i'm like i don't ever want to do that again i don't ever want to be in a situation where i like don't have financial stability or financial security that's extremely scary to me but oddly going out on my own as a full-time founder feels less risky than like staying in the job market right now in a lot of ways
0: I, yeah, I mean, with, with job market today, that's that is for sure a thing. It's a it's a it's a scary world out there. Um, one of my last questions for you here: If you go back to yourself, go go back and give yourself, give Leslie, young Leslie, advice on the day you started your sales career, what would that like one key piece of advice be?
1: On the day I started my sales career, I think like ha have more belief in your own intuition. Like I, I, I spent a lot of time early in my sales career, like sort of knowing things I, I did to reach prospects, like felt a bit icky to me, but I was like, but I guess this is just how it's done. This is what everybody else is doing. Or, or I was in situations where I was like extremely uncomfortable. It was like, well, I guess this is just what it's like to be in sales, to be in corporate America. And like in my heart of hearts, I knew that it wasn't right, but I just, I think I really like I ignored my tuition and it it took me a while to, <laughs> to find that like North Star and really commit to it and, and follow it. So yeah, if I could go back, I'd be like, your intuition's right. You You just really got to trust it.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. Tr- trust your intuition and trust yourself, right? Yeah.
1: What kind of dog trust. do you have?
0: Yeah, you, you heard my dog. His name's Murray. Uh, Murray. He's a miniature golden doodle. Come here.
1: Come here. Oh, Murray. Come here. Come here. Whoa. Hey, look, Murray's on the
0: podcast.
1: <laughs> Murray. Oh, the best special guest.
0: That's right. Those listening on the podcast, you can go to YouTube and, and, and check out the clip. My dog made a special. Uh, he, he loves to bark at the worst times. Like I've been on like live webinars. I've been like in the middle of like a really good sales call or whatever. And he just starts losing his mind. I'm like, come on.
1: I mean, cool I'm it. like a, all cross the street to pet strangers, dogs sort of person. Okay. Yeah, yeah, So I feel like if I hear a dog barking, I'm like, are we, did we just become best friends? You also love dogs. Great.
0: There you go. Yeah. You and my wife would get along. She does the same thing. <laughs> The same thing. She's teaching my daughter to be a, like a dog freak. Every time they see a dog, like, my wife brings the brings my daughter over there and says like, hey, can we pet the dog? And like the whole thing goes.
1: Big I supporter of that.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, surprise, rapid fire round of questions for you. This is how I wrap up every podcast. I didn't okay. give you these questions ahead of time. So answer as fast as you can. You ready?
1: Technically, you gave me none of the questions ahead of time, Kevin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't call me out. Hey, come on. <laughs> My bad, my bad. Um, okay, so rapid fire questions. The first question for you. Do you believe that salespeople should be money motivated? Yes. Yes, that's the right answer in my opinion. I love that. Number two, do you think cold calling is dead? No. <laughs> I love it. That's the right answer as well. Number three, if you had to pick one, you have to pick just one. And I think I know your answer to this too. What's more important in a go-to-market strategy, sales or marketing?
1: What kind of company is it?
0: You just got to pick one.
1: That's not fair. I mean, I'm going to say sales because I am a salesperson. With uh-huh. Like the hugest asterisk ever because if it is a PLG-led, product-led growth SaaS company, marketing. Right. Like you do not need a sales team for a long time. But like if I can only pick one sales because I think sales people are really blurring the lines between demand gen and lead gen in a way that marketing is not quite yet, but maybe they're on the path. I love you, my marketing people out there, but yeah, I'm team sales like all day, every day.
0: There we go. You'd be surprised. I've had some, you know, VPs of sales, CROs on this podcast say marketing and I'm like, okay, interesting. Kind of a hot take. I like that. Uh, Last question for you. And this one, you can take your time in answering because I'm really interested in your response. What would you do if you woke up tomorrow and you had all the money you'd ever dreamed of having and you didn't have to work anymore? What would you do with your time?
1: I would travel. I love to travel. Like, I'm obsessed with traveling. I've been to 30 countries. Like, I...
0: Wow, that's a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is a lot for an American um or Canadian maybe. Um yeah, I I would explore an adventure. Like I just the the opportunity and the privilege of getting to to see and experience new cultures. Like it just makes me feel so alive. So I would do that. Um but I just really think I would continue working, probably not for a paycheck, but I spend so like, I I prioritize volunteerism. Like it's, it's really important to me. It's a really like core piece of who I am. So I can't imagine a situation where I have all the money in the world and this like insane level of privilege. And then I, I don't use a huge chunk of, of that set of resources to give back and, help, help lift up people around me. So like travel and indulge. And then like charity.
0: <laughs> Love that. No, that's, that's fantastic. That's the perfect answer. I kind of assumed you'd say, you would say something with traveling. I get that you, you travel. So you, you probably don't have a dog.
1: I don't. Which is that's you like why the travel. my neighbors are like, there's the crazy lady again. Um, yeah, I just, I, I mean, I live in a, in a high rise in downtown Chicago and like having uh-huh. grown up in Montana and, and the lives that our Labradors live there, uh-huh. it's hard for me to imagine not giving a dog that same life. Um, but I also like, it would rip my heart out to constantly have to kennel a dog, which is what yep. the reality would be with, with my travel schedule. Um, so I don't, my parents have a two year old yellow lab, uh, called Bailey She's like my heart of hearts. I love her so much. Wow. Um, so I just pretend like she is my daughter. Do- and with the pandemic, I've spent like nine months of her first two years with her. So I, I pretend like she's mine.
0: Cool. Cool. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for uh, coming on today. I think your story is, is very unique and one that uh, I know the listeners appreciate. Um, how can people connect with you?
1: Thank you. It was a a pleasure. Find me on LinkedIn, uh, just under my name. I'm sure it's in the show notes uh, on TikTok at Sales Tips Talk. Uh, And if you want to learn more about Sales Team Builder, um, it's just my name, leslievinetz.com. And you can find the website.
0: Love that. We will put a link to your TikTok in the show notes as well. So uh, go find her on TikTok, everybody. Uh, And you might find my TikTok being as powerful as hers. Maybe, probably, never, who knows. (laughs) Uh, But thanks, Leslie. I really do appreciate your time. And let's let's keep in touch.
1: Thanks, Kevin. Have a great day.
0: If this episode is interesting to you, please share your thoughts on LinkedIn or Twitter, tag me, and I might just feature your post in an upcoming episode of the Sales Career Podcast. Or if you want to connect directly, go to hopconsultinggroup.com and we'll find a way to work together. Cheers.